I want you to take a message to Hogan. You tell him to let it go. If he doesn't, everybody is gonna die. Welcome to Second Class Cinema, the show where we watch a B-movie and immediately discuss. I'm Tom. I'm here with Brittany and Eric. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Great. Pretty well. Good. Excellent. Tonight we watched Deadliest Prey. (laughs) Mm, That sounds like another movie we've watched. It does. It sounds a lot like Deadly Prey, Mm. in which we watched about a year or so ago. A little while ago. Yeah. About a year or so ago. We watched... I've been doing this for over a year. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while. It's crazy. (laughs) It's been a year, so everything is a year-ish ago. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So yeah, we watched Deadly Prey. I think it was a really early episode, maybe episode 10 or 11. Hmm. Uh, We really, really enjoyed this movie. We we loved Deadly Prey. It was one of maybe our our early fuck yes. Yeah, I think it was a unanimous. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure we yelled it. Actually in the drop where we all yell fuck yes from this movie. From Deadly Prey. (laughs) That's an old drop. Yes. And uh, so it was uh, It was Eric's pick. Eric, why did we pick Deadliest Prey besides what I've just said? Well, um, <laughs> thought it'd be an interesting compare and contrast to Samurai Cop 2, which mm. is a similar 25 years later sequel to a cult classic, like picked up by internet hype kind of sequel, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd be interesting to kind of compare what happened with this versus what happened with Samurai Cop 2. Um, and also, I felt like Deadliest Prey probably be interesting because it involves the same actors, same director, more, mm-hmm. more importantly. And uh, I was curious to see would it ha- would it have like the same vibe as the original, and how how would they handle some of the plot points that happen in the first one in regards to a sequel where you have an entire returning cast. Yes, that's a good. That's that's all excellent. Um, <clears throat> I can agree with that. So, what was Deadliest Prey about? Okay, well, <laughs> Colonel Hogan is now in jail for his crimes. Okay. Um, for those of you have, who haven't seen the original, it's basically, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, like a deadliest game type of scenario. Yeah. Uh, we have Mike Dan, who is an excellent soldier in Vietnam, who is uh, captured by Colonel Hogan to be chased by these mercenaries for some reason. I can't basically remember. for training one. practice. Was, yeah, for training, training purposes. Yep. They, 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 they capture Mike Dan, and they don't realize he's a Vietnam vet. And he destroys the shit out of all these guys. Um, <laughs> so and then he destroys the shit out of them again. Um, and eventually, Mike Dan uh, gets Hogan into a corner and makes him play the game. Yes. So, yeah. And that, um, <clears throat> we, we cut forward to 27 years after that movie takes place. Colonel Hogan is in jail for all of, all of his misdeeds. And uh, Mike Dan is kind of like a mythical hero. Like, people know of him as Mike Dan. Back in the eighties, he American <laughs> badass. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like John McClane is kind of like a, a small time celebrity in like Die Hard two and three. Yeah, you know? like they compare him to the Terminator. I think. Yeah, and point. Rambo, which makes a lot of sense. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so Colonel Hogan finally gets released from jail. As it turns out, he still has underlings doing jobs on the outside, and they're setting up for revenge against Mike Dan. So, the beginning of the movie. Pretty much plays out exactly like the first one where Mike Dan goes to take out the trash and he gets knocked out and taken to the game where he's being chased by mercenaries. But this time, Colonel Hogan is broadcasting it for the Internet um, for so, so everyone can basically see how good Mike Dan is and more importantly, how good Colonel Hogan is. Mm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the rest of the plot pretty much plays out very similarly to the first movie. 
much like Scream 4, they were like, <laughs> how can we modernize this? And they were like, put it on the internet. Perfect. Yeah, just stream it. <laughs> so what are those features going? What are those kids doing these days on the internet? <laughs> they're on the titter. And they're on the titter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start with let's start with successes, guys. Um, where would we like to begin? Uh, I think it's a great sequel premise. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with retreading the original movie's ground when it comes to a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, when they're going to a part two sequel, they're looking for more of the same. And really only the most exceptional of sequels really divert from what the first movie set in place, like you know, Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Or Aliens. Or you know, Short the, Circuit 2. Yeah. Sh- uh, of course, we know your favorite <laughs> sequel, Short Circuit 2. Correct. Uh, John 5. <laughs> is alive. Of course he is. Um, but like a lot of part 2s, retread the same ground. And I mean, even if they're not the best movies, they're usually serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this did just enough to separate itself from the original. Modernize it in such a way that makes sense. Um, and I, I felt that that was a good approach for this movie as... I hate to keep harping on it, as opposed to Samurai Cop 2, which got very convoluted in its execution. When, I mean, really all I wanted was to see Samurai Cop 1, but in a different setting and a slightly different plot. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't watch, like, Lethal Weapon 2 or Die Hard 2 and say, ah, oh, I wish they were in space. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> well, that's a really good point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, no, I just completely agree. That was one of the strengths I had as well, that it was different enough, but it had, like, comfortable familiarity Mm. i felt like towards the end it started to feel a little more like shot for shot at times and that kind of bothered me a little bit but not enough to completely detract from that i thought that that was a plus now do you think it was a very intentional shot for shot or or was this a achieving the same coverage i think it was an intentional shot for shot and i feel like you can tell by the way it paid homage to the first one mm-hmm. um like when he, you have like the ge- gearing up montage and he's like getting all his bullets and everything and then he takes his like cut off denim shorts out of the <laughs> cabinet and then like looks at them and like throws them back <laughs> yeah yeah like again to harp on it or to not harp on it but samurai cop 2 just made mention of like the black gift but like didn't actually i don't know i feel like they didn't go all the way but yeah. i feel like this movie did and it knowingly nodded at those things without winking at the camera yes yeah i thought this as the maybe the biggest success is just this movie's callbacks to the original picture yeah that it was they were so good they were i don't know they, they were either they were subtle well i was that's exact Some so they were them. either really subtle or they were exact like yeah. exact things that they need, know they needed to achieve because I feel like they watch Deadly Prey, the the filmmakers and everyone involved, they watch the original movie and, and they can identify why it may have stuck. Now, this this Blu-ray, which we purchased, Eric purchased, mm-hmm. uh, had some pretty cool interviews with some of the uh, crew on it, David A. Pryor, Ted Pryor, a couple of the other actors in the movie. Uh, and they were talking about how they didn't even know that this was such a cult hit. But even watching <laughs> it... <laughs> which is crazy. Which is crazy, because this, honestly, is one of the way better B-action movies, like... It was so well put together, the first one, Deadly Prey. Uh, but they didn't even realize that this movie had such a cult following. But even even reviewing their movie, they have to understand like what parts that people could attach themselves to. And then they, they reprise those parts. Yeah, I feel like it, in this case, it was more so a reprisal of the actual character than the film, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I think I follow you. Like in other instances, we've had movies that kind of nod too heavily to the past, mm-hmm. like to the last film, instead of just nodding at things our character would have done. Like when Mike steals that guy's boots and he's like, I'm not going to do this barefoot again. Like he's acknowledging <laughs> his character's past experiences without blatantly being like, Hey, remember deadly prey? Yeah, mm. that's true. And wh- what I liked about the overall movie is that they've created a universe in which the, like th- all these events actually happened, which I think is a great platform to, to make sure that some of these jokes hit yeah. because everyone in this movie knows that it already happened once, which is cool. Definitely. And it's, it's a good way to, I mean, not to get like super memey with the movie because I've, is it the right? I don't know if how to pronounce that fucking word. Um, but I feel like even when the, we had characters referring to Mike Danny's like, oh, he's such a badass. He's, he's a really cool dude. Like there's a reason for them to be like in awe of this Mike Danton <laughs> character and not just because that's a really fun movie that people on the internet like. It's because Mike Dan's a real dude. <laughs> and I can really appreciate that if they're even going to at least, if they're going to take the approach of like Mike Dan's so cool, he is cool in that universe. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's Definitely. really awesome. Bonafide I, I like that badass. Approach. Yeah, yeah. Um, any anything else for successes? Um, I thought the dialogue, for the most part, like it. it I don't want to say it was lacking in some parts because it was fine. I mean, some people's delivery was like on or off. That's neither here nor there. But I thought, for the most part, it was very funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a witty movie. Yeah, it knew it knew what it was doing. I feel like it used what it had well. Hmm. I thought the just the main performances by um, by uh, Mike Danton and Colonel Hogan. I thought those two were you know the nucleus of this movie, and yeah. they brought it. So they were they were eighty percent of what this movie was offering to us, and that was a total success. Sure. <laughs> I mostly just hated Hogan's bimbo. <laughs> yeah, her, all her delivery was terrible. <laughs> very wooden. But then I'm trying to remember his bimbo in the first movie. And if the delivery was very similar, I feel like she was a little more natural. Yeah. I like the uh, first bimbo better. <laughs> the the one with the military grade diaper. Yeah. Correct. That's there the one. was no military grade diaper in this, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I did not <laughs> detract or give it points for that. Uh, another thing I, I I thought this movie did did kind of cool was which we brought up earlier, which is how do we make it futuristic? Like, oh, I'll stick hmm. it on the internet. Um, and I felt like what was cool about that was it was these. These two guys who were doing the same thing they were doing 27 years ago in 1987, uh, they were doing the same thing, but they just kept getting interrupted by the future. I felt like they, they, like they were just clashing with everything that was happening now was getting in the way of them doing what they wanted to do. Like our, our set of hacker characters just kept getting in the way. And yeah. the fact that it was on the internet was also just kind of in the way for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, if they had just been left alone, all this still would have happened. It would have been the same plot. It would have been the same yeah. thing. But like all these, uh, all this new age stuff would have just made everything more voyeuristic. Yeah. Hmm. Which I thought was interesting. I was like, man, anytime someone young or anything technological creeps in, it just gets in the way of doing what they need to do. (laughs) Well, yeah, because killing people is like a basic, (laughs) it's like the most base survival instinct. Well, yeah. You don't need anything high tech to murder a man. Oh, you know, you die. It it helps. (laughs) It helps. It certainly does. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I thought, I, I noticed that. I thought that was a little interesting. That is kind of interesting. I thought they did a good job of modernizing it, though. I yeah. mean, I feel like I'm sure we can touch on this later, but I feel like remaking, not remaking, but making a sequel that's so close to a remake in itself is a risk 
and they changed just enough to make it not redundant. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. I feel like I could watch Deadly Prey and then Deadliest Prey right afterwards. <laughs> I, I wouldn't feel offended. Like, I wouldn't be annoyed, you know? Yeah. I agree. I kind of wish we did. Yeah. yeah it's unfortunate we would have so time to do nice so. it was nice and fresh in our minds. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunate, but I think um, we watched anyway. My last thing that I had was that the I thought the effects were decent. I mean, everything yep. looked real as far as I could tell. I'm pretty sure. I maybe saw CG blood one time. That was a couple times. But that's like fine. Supplemental, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't like super glaringly obvious. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure all the explosions were practical. Like I'm pretty sure they were blowing stuff up. They yeah. did look real. Yeah. Either they did a great job. I would be very surprised if they could nail making explosion look that real, but not nail the green screen car ride. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's a good point. Yeah. That would be very shocking to me. Uh, I, I can agree with that. Um, any Anything else? Um, just to tack on to that, I thought the outdoor shots were, were pretty gorgeous. Mm. Um, they took the time to do a lot of outdoor scenes, which, I mean, if, if you didn't do those, you wouldn't have Deadliest Prey. You would have fucking Phantom Menace, you know, <laughs> like if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but I thought that the tracking shots of Mike Dan running in the woods were, were excellently done. Um, I feel like we don't see that a lot in, in lower budget B movies anymore. People mm -hmm. don't bother to shoot on outside locations, or if they do, it's a little more controlled. Yeah. Um, so we saw some really good dynamic shots in the outdoors, and I appreciate that. Totally. I, I think this is a movie that deserved that kind of treatment. Definitely helps to sell it. For sure. Um, with that, do we have any failures? Um, let's talk about that. Um, I thought a lot of the death scenes were underwhelming <laughs> at the beginning. I mean, they got better, but maybe I'm just like over glorifying Deadly Prey in my head mm -hmm. and not accurately remembering the death scenes in that. But I feel like the ones in this were a little underwhelming compared, like comparatively, but they definitely improved as the movie went on. Yeah. Well, which is what the first Deadly Prey was. Deadly Prey was like a ramp up of violence. And I felt this movie did the same thing at the same pace, but maybe just with different degrees of violence. That's true. Um, so I wasn't like too thrown off by that, but I know what you're saying. There was a lot of, you know, stab drags, mm -hmm. which is, you know, <laughs> I think you use the exact phrase in our original episode. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and it just came into me again now. <laughs> Haven't said drag. it since. That's so funny because right before you said that, I just imagined him grabbing someone and dragging them into the undergrowth, like the bushes. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, he did that a lot. And then he was <laughs> like, stab drag. And I was like, and there's a name for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we did name that. Um, I would say one of one of the things that I think this movie fell a little short of there, I, there was a lot there were a lot of technical issues mm. that I think they faced on this movie. Um, there was you know anytime they were in the car with our hacker characters, it was po poorly green screened. But I, honestly, I don't even care. Like I <laughs> don't care less. That was the one scene that I was like, ugh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's okay because everything else brought it. But I, I'd say like they they use their money and time where it was worth it. True. I'd yeah. rather see a a poorly green screened car scene once, and then I would rather see tons of real explosions in the woods. Like that's a trade off I'm willing to make. Yeah, for sure. And I think on top of other technical issues, there was some sound problems. <laughs> Let's be honest. The crew and the reflection. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that probably happens in a lot of movies, but we notice the entire crew sitting in somebody's reflection. Of sunglasses. <laughs> but that's okay. That's that's fine. I don't even care. Yeah. I, I mean, that, care. that seems like a problem care. you'd see in Deadly Prey. Like, yeah. Even if it was if it was intentional or if it wasn't, I don't. It was not. That doesn't bother me as much as it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't bother me as much as that one girl who kept saying true that. Oh, that oh, was yeah. that was a failure. That was harsh. 
Um, that but, was a failed attempt at comedy. <laughs> but I think like the 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 biggest technical was was a bit of audio stuff. Like the, yeah. a, it was a hard Just time a hearing buzzing. people. A lot of buzzing. I don't know. That was the the one thing that I wish they had just really not let fall like that would be that audio yeah because there's some great one-liners in, in in terms of like if, if this was like a discovered film like deadly prey is mm -hmm. that would might be funny but in terms of it being an intentional sequel based on a cult classic that's not something that's as funny anymore you know i agree it's it's something when you have like an unintentional funny movie that's that kind of thing just adds on top of it when it's not when it's supposed to be intentionally funny which this movie is very intentionally funny yes. that detracts from it i agree and in this movie we watched the credits and this movie was shot on the red camera which is a very pretty looking camera mm -hmm. and then to have those good images that they captured along with this poor audio it's just that was the one thing i wish they really brought up to to higher quality I don't know if it's just the audio that I was noticing that made it feel different, but I wanted to pose the question as to whether or not Deadly Prey seemed to have better production value than this. Um, honestly, I feel like because Deadly Prey yeah. just felt very like smooth to me. I don't know if I'm just not familiarized because I haven't watched it in like a year, mm. but I, I think they had more access to more realistic sets. Like, it seems like they probably had access to, like, well, they had access to an actual goddamn tank in the original Daily Prey. <laughs> That's true. You know, they had access yeah. to, like, military barracks and, like, an actual, you know, suburbs so that we could shoot wide and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm sure they had more just access in general. And, yeah. I mean, well, something that we haven't mentioned yet is that this movie was shot in the back of another film. Um, yes. Relentless Justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. So, yeah, they, they piggyback the production of Relentless Justice. I think so, yeah. With... Uh, de shooting deadliest prey. So maybe it was just the weird audio glitches that kind of made me feel like the production value was lesser. Because I, I feel it was like definitely when, you, less, when yeah. you hear that static and like background noise, it really makes it feel way lower budget than it really is. I agree. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I wished it would bring up a level. But on, in all honesty, I'm pretty sure the production values are like almost a carbon copy, just 27 years later. That's true. Like if this, I feel like if, if this happened 27 years ago, like this movie, it would be Deadly Prey still. Yeah. Like I feel like it, they they did the exact same thing. But I mean, even with the um, the interview on this Blu-ray with David A. Pryor, the director, he was saying you know the original one was a little more gorilla, a little more down and dirty, and you know lots of setups per day, and making sure you got coverage. And you know he said how much he he you know grew up and how uh, much quicker he was able to achieve full coverage of a scene and being able to move on. So. I think maybe just the overkill gave them so many opportunities in the original Deadly Prey gave them so many more opportunities to cut the ideal scene. Yeah. Like get things right. Get things done right and like make sure that that edit was super tight and, and all that jazz. Because um, yeah, it definitely seemed like there might have been a couple of spots where maybe they didn't shoot enough like um, when those two like internet entrepreneurs get killed. Yeah. It's kind of done like off screen with an audio effect. Like we did like it seems like they forgot to shoot that scene. Yeah. You know? Hmm. Or forgot to resolve it, or maybe those characters just got written out very suddenly in the script. It's true. I and think that was like yeah. towards the middle, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because my last, well, negative, if I'm nitpicking, was that around like the 35 minute mark, it felt like it started to kind of drag a little bit. Mm -hmm. But because like I looked down and it said 35 minutes, and I was like, this feels forever. This movie's <laughs> been on for so long. But then it kind of balanced itself out again in the third act, I felt. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like we've said all these same things about the first movie, <laughs> but I 
it's been so long since I've heard that episode. <laughs> there was also like, something else I wrote down that I wanted to know if I had said in the first movie. Go for it. Um, Hogan kills so many of his own guys. <laughs> I think he did. Well, Fort and like, two. I was like, this feels familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's acting like these dudes are just expendable. Well, they are. I feel like at any point in time in this movie, the amount of soldiers they were walking with and who these soldiers were was just constantly changing. It yeah, was it varied time. greatly from like shot to shot. Yeah. I um, And fun fact for everyone, I wrote my notes for Deadliest Prey on the back of my notes for Deadly Prey. Oh, do you have any uh, insightful notes about Deadly Prey that might relate to this? Um, <laughs> I might. Let's, let's take a look, see here. Um, lots of close range shooting. And that still, that stood true. Yep. Yeah. Lots of, there was uh, Mike Danton shooting people in the face at point blank range again. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. Actually, yeah. I mean, that, that, <laughs> that's the only note you have? <laughs> that's it. Well, one thing that this movie, you know, was missing, and it's uh, of no fault besides, you know, Father Time, is that we did not get the greased up action gazelle bob that is mike danton it's true we didn't yeah. get that but Ted asked us to take it easy on him. yeah and he did and, and i totally understand i mean yeah. he's in his 50s now that's the one thing is you know mike danton was so sleek mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. he really was and i guess we can now have the debate again uh as of samurai cop 2 and deadliest prey let's Oof. say who's got the better bod is okay. it so, Samurai Cop Joe Marshall. Sequel bod or just sequel over, bod overall. Yeah. So let's sequel talk bod. original determination. Original. I think we be I believe we determined that Mike Danton destroys Joe Marshall. An original bod. An original uh, bod. Yeah. An original bod and like fist fight. Let's Even say. if I didn't say that a year ago, I'm saying it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure we all agree. I think we all agree. Mike Danton far, 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 far better. Uh huh. Yeah. And then sequel bod. Well, I didn't get to confirm if Mike Dinn has been skipping leg days this time. No, uh, I didn't get to confirm that. He definitely wasn't before. No, no. we found that out the hard way. Oh, he threw that shit in my face. <laughs> yeah. And then what about um, Samurai Cop Joe Marshall? Do you I feel like he's in pretty good shape for 25 I, years later. I agree. He and he's got the gristle. Too. He's got the gristle going mm. in, in, his, in his later years, which I like. Gristle? He's what? got <laughs> face gristle. <laughs> That's not a compliment. <laughs> You know, like a steak. What, you don't like a nice face steak? Yeah, I like a, I like a, I like a face that's hard to chew. You know, <laughs> you know as a side for your knife beans. Um, <laughs> you don't knock my knife beans. I feel like <laughs> Joe Marshall is still, like, cut, mm. but I feel like Mike Danton has bigger muscles still. Mike Danton has dad strength. Well, this is well, dad Well, okay, but friend. I feel like it is reversed, because I feel like Mike Danton used to be the more cut one. Mm. <laughs> and like Samurai Cop was just wicked like built. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it's totally reversed now. Switched like Samurai Cop is a little more cut, whereas Mike Danton has bigger muscles. Yeah, dude. He So I don't know, man. He's thick. You know? That there's a lot of dad muscles floating around, a lot of uncle muscles in this movie. Oh dude, yeah. Our our returning character Thornton. <laughs> uncle Lieutenant uncle Thornton. Muscle. Uncle Lieutenant Thornton. He's like a wicked uncle now. It was oh, awesome. It was great. <laughs> He's like he 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 put on a lot of weight between, you know, the original and now. And I think we, we watched one of the interviews and he said he, he, he took off 35 pounds. And he started working out a little bit. And you could see like and his arms. he flexed arms. his gun and Dude, it was huge. He had just one giant gun. He, like, knows, it was he knows exactly where the beach is. Yeah. Just ask him. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> fucking total uncle muscles. <laughs> uncle muscles. Um, is that, do, do we have any more, um, any more questions or anything like that before we move on to favorite parts? Um, 
No further questions, Your Honor. No. All right. The defense rests. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We'll Overruled. Talk. What? Let's talk about some favorite parts. Case closed. <laughs> Most of I'm my... I'm jacked. <laughs> Most of my favorite... Overruled. Um... <laughs> Most of my favorite parts in this were just dialogue. Yeah, oh, there was so there were so many funny lines in this movie. Okay, um, like when Mike corners that guy and asks him why he did it, and he said because he needed a job, and then he kills him and tells him he should have filed for unemployment, or yep. does that in the reverse order? He tells him he should have filed for unemployment, and then he kills him. Pretty <laughs> sure no, he killed him first. No, he killed him. <laughs> yeah, did first, he? yes, and then says. I feel like he does a lot of that, and I I like it. Yeah, he does a lot of post-murder one-liners. And here's the thing. I distinctly remember us talking in the first... Like, one of our negatives about the original Deadly Prey is that it lacked good one-liners. It oh, was really? mostly... Because it was mostly just like, fuck you. Yeah, You're gonna die. That's true. Like, it was, like it was all very, business. It was all business, yeah. It's like <laughs> how people probably talk to each other when they're going to kill them. Yeah. Like, you did toss a lot of fuck yous in this one, too, though. Yeah. But I feel like this one got a little more creative. Like, they're trying to have a little more fun with the Mike Dan character. Oh, definitely. Um, which I, I think worked great for this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, there, there was another, <laughs> there's another great bit where uh, Mike Dan has drawn a smiley face on the ground, and one of the poor mercenaries has has happened upon it, and he sneaks up on the mercenary, says, "Have a nice day," stabs him, and then says, "Too late." It's <laughs> <That laughs> fucking was one great. Of my parts too. Oh yeah. I fucking love Mike Denton. Mike Denton's so good because he's such a doofy guy in the first one, and he's still a doofy guy twenty-seven years later. Like, but he's a hard doof. Oh, he oh, su- such a hard doof, dude. It's it's awesome. He's Mike fucking Denton. great time. Pretty much rules. Yep. <laughs> um, did you have any favorites you want to share? Uh, I just have one quick one because, and you guys have a lot, and I just want to squeeze one in. And it is there was just a great scene where Mike Denton was running from a helicopter. In which he <laughs> shot that helicopter down from the ground. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. Anytime there's a, a man versus a helicopter, I, I mean, I got to be rooting for that man. <laughs> the man one solo copter. success of the last match was man versus helicopter. There's man versus helicopter. You can't deny a man taking down a helicopter. No. <laughs> one man taking down an entire copter is yeah. just satisfying. <laughs> The Let's peak not of forget action prowess for you. It not, really is. Let's not forget woman taking down a helicopter either. Guns. Oh, see, oh, that's two in a row. True. And oh, that was one of my favorite parts from the last there one. There you go. I love that. It's my new favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> when the hackers, ugh, I shudder to even call them that, but that's what they were. Uh, when the hackers were watching the whole thing unfold on the internet streaming thing, and they started to kind of like exposition us about. Mike Denton's backstory and they were like oh didn't they base Rambo on him and the, then somebody else was like no but he like actually killed a whole bunch of dudes and then the other guy goes oh so like Terminator 2 then <laughs> 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 I just thought that was looking funny yeah the, if, if those characters had a good moment it was that one because the hackers were a bit rough around the edges um, once again I th- that element that just clashed with this movie mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I get why they did. I totally it. get it. I, I kind of like the idea of them as like the audience insert. Mm. It it could have used a little tightening up because I feel like that was a really good opportunity for us to like relate to somebody in this movie. Yeah. yeah as totally. fans of, I mean, they're essentially just fans of Deadly Prey. Yeah. That's what these characters are, and they've been inserted in this movie, and I, I like that as a concept. Like Dan fanboy. They really are. Yeah. You can identify. I mean, the that. one guy was wearing um an Everything Is Terrible T-shirt. Yes. And I don't know if that's where he comes from or if he's just a, like a big fan of that website. But I mean, that's from what I understand 
from part of where Deadly Prey's like cult fan base came from is that yes. everything is terrible. Put up like this this supercut of like everything great about that movie, and it just kind of spiraled from there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like th- those characters, I, I get what they were doing with that. Like, I don't disrespect no the idea there. It, it just need another pass in the writers' room. I think. I think it just lacked a bit of execution, mm. and but I think it, it all is well because those three hacker characters just got all shot down at the end of the movie. <laughs> By Colonel Hogan, just fucking assault rifles mauled down. There's nothing better than a comic relief that doesn't quite work, but then they die. Yeah. Like, I, I'm okay with that decision. I am too. I think yeah. they made the right call. They made the right call there. Uh, my last favorite part was our obvious surprise ending. Oh, my God. Are we gonna, we're going to lay down a spoiler alert for this. We, I know we so rarely do. We rarely lay down spoiler alerts, and frankly, we don't care. But for this <laughs> but one... This is such, like... This it mo- caught us so off guard. This brought this movie from a fuck yes to what I'm going to think is a fuck yeah for me. Okay. <laughs> not to spoil the ratings. We're not quite there. So, I know. Okay. But whatever. Let's just say. All right. Let's say it. Just beep it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. We're at the very end of the movie. It's playing out very much like the first one did. Colonel Hogan has Mike Dan's wife, and he's there with Thornton, and... He's threatening to kill Mike Dan's wife. And Mike Dan shows up to the scene, yells, no. Again. Again. This all happens again. This yeah. is all parallel to the first movie. Where he unfortunately could not save he his wife. He could not save his wife, and then he he enacted his immediate revenge. Um, <laughs> and he's his wife is about to get killed, and all of a sudden we see gun like a gun show up off camera, shoot Thornton in the arm and stop the slaying. And then it turns out it's Mike Dan's son, who's who's like like eight. eight. Yeah. (laughs) I love how we both assigned him the same age. (laughs) Because he's eight. (laughs) He shouldn't be having a gun. (laughs) Earlier in the movie, he like told to go with the hackers and for them to keep him safe. So why the fuck did they bring him back to this deadly ground? (laughs) These hackers have the worst. Oh my God. But the best part is that he blows this dude away yeah and then looks at his dad and knowingly nods oh my god like you got it dude <laughs> like i got your back partner oh my god it was out of control now um i think we've determined that his son was played by his actual real life son it was yes. michael Pryor. michael Pryor. Right? Yeah. yeah so i mean there's so many layers here that i can't even handle <laughs> that like dude, this is like a club sandwich <laughs> it's Yes. <laughs> this is a club sandwich of priors. Deadliest dance. fam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's so funny because he looked like a little Mike Dan from like the original. He had like the, the kind of moppy hair mm-hmm. and like the, the gray like T-shirt and all that fun stuff. It was, it was such a treat. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Excellent. But uh, then the end when it's going to end in the deadly prey fashion of just like a silhouette with like the sunset in the background and and, a silhouette of Mike Dan like fist pumping and like yelling and it just ends with him and his son like silhouetted. (laughs) Oh, dude. It's amazing because that's how... And then it said the beginning. Yes. Yes. And I feel like this is where this movie... Like, I feel like this whole movie was a build up to a punchline. Which was... And it was that, and they fucking nailed it. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, they did. And there's like, nothing better than a movie-long punchline that pays off. Yeah, and in all honesty, <laughs> I didn't see it coming. Me neither. Me neither. Like, they did not... Like, I didn't... It wasn't so far to left field where I'm like, stupid. Yeah. Didn't see that. And it wasn't like... They didn't tell us, like, no, oh, okay, well, no, his, his son's gonna show up. I no, mean, it was nice. ludicrous, but... Oh, it's absurd. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, I get it. 
<laughs> but like in this in this world, that makes sense. Yeah. Like Mike Dan is such a hard ass. He passed on these genes to his son, mm-hmm. who is eight, as we have decided. <laughs> I was like, wait, he wasn't in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, no. Only Mike Danton was the best in Vietnam. His son can't be. He's eight. <laughs> he was he born in a year that starts with two. Vietnam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, that's that's uh, uh, that's it. Yeah, can, that's you, the end of our spoilers. You can unplug yours now. I say you can um, unpause. Um, <laughs> so, are we ready to move on to ratings? Yeah, I think I think I'm good. I had a couple other minor favorite parts, but they're not really worth. Uh, we were afforded a man on fire, <laughs> but we were afforded a foot on fire. <laughs> that's a nice callback. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I get it. It's uh, it's 2013 when this movie was shot. Man on Fire is kind of a big liability in terms of insurance. So let's just light I'll a boot on fire. Light a boot on fire. I'll take a foot on fire. Yeah, that's enough. It. We'll take a meaty calve. <laughs> <laughs> One calve. <laughs> All right, Calvin and Hobbs. We're gonna we're gonna rate it. Rating it. So let's rate it then. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With yeah, I'm gonna you. have to give it an unfortunate fuck off. Oh my god, my fucking father. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. All right, let's rate Dadliest Prey from 2013. <laughs> We're Stop rating your dad. Dadliest. <laughs> because this movie is about a bunch of deadly dads. <laughs> That's the best way to describe uh, this movie. <laughs> who, who wants to start? I, I think I can go. I'm, I'm just going to give this a straight up fuck yeah. Okay. Um, I thought this was a blast. It was very much in the same vein as the original without feeling like they were retreading too much ground. There were mm-hmm. certain points where I was like, ooh, maybe they're, they're playing a little too close, like a little too safe. But I feel like it diverged just enough and they came up with a great plot concept to make it a, a solid sequel. Like if this came out, I mean, it obviously wouldn't make sense to have this come out two years after the original because no one would know what the fuck the internet is. But I mean, <laughs> just assuming there was like an equivalent concept, like a video drama. There's like an under... under um, Underground like cable network. Yeah, exactly. And they're airing it for all these deviants. Mm. That could work, and that'd be perfectly fine for a sequel that they uh, if they did decide to do that in like nineteen ninety. Yeah. And they 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 knocked it out of the park. I thought it was very funny. The parts that were intentionally funny were funny. The parts that were unintentionally funny were really funny. <laughs> um, and that's all I ask from a, a cult classic sequel. They 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 didn't waste our time. They they didn't do something really convoluted. It was just a very straightforward, easy to watch movie. And I, that's all I really ask from a cult classic, mm-hmm. and it's sequels. I can agree with that, and I I will give it a fuck yes. So I am I'm not gonna go all in on the fuck yeah, even though I kind of want to, <laughs> but I'm gonna hold a little bit of reserve because I do like Deadly Prey more. Um, this is definitely not as good as the original, but that's also not saying a whole lot. That I agree, though. and that's and that's fine, and and I like Deadly Prey like. I don't know. That's got to be one of the best things out of the 65 plus things that we've watched here. That's got to be top five. Oh, easily. Yeah. Uh, definitely. This is probably more like top 15. So I just there's a there's a distinction there for me. There's a there's a clear uh, delineation of, of of level here. So I just want to make that clear. So it's a fuck. Yes. But it was a great time. Absolutely recommend it. This might be the best one two punch uh, like double feature that we have the opportunity to watch. Yeah, I'd be. I'd have a hard time disagreeing. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I I'm not sure what would have happened. I'm not sure what's in our future, but I'm not sure it's going to be better than this. So yeah, for that, someone to go back and make a sequel, mm-hmm. 27 years later. Yeah, this is. I think this is as good as it gets. I I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not sure I can expect much more from anything. Um. <laughs> I was really having a hard time deciding whether I wanted to give it a fuck yes or a fuck yeah. 
And I think I'm going to go with fuck yes. Okay. I was like teetering towards the fuck yeah with the fucking surprise (laughs) cameo at the end. But it did have its share of flaws, however relatively tiny they are. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was like self-referential without being lazy, which I appreciated a lot. It was fun. It was funny. Um, It was just enjoyable. I liked it. I would recommend it for sure. I would too. Uh, and I'm thinking about making an addendum to the fuck scale where fuck yeses also are fucking sweeps. What do you guys think? I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like if it's overwhelmingly positive. Overwhelmingly positive is just a fuck Because that's yeah. not a mid-range yeah. vote. Exactly. It's above average. That's I like think we sc- all recommend this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. an A minus. Like it's that. still an A. So this movie is a fucking sweep because I, I wouldn't feel right not putting it there. This is a deadliest A minus. Yes. Support that decision. <laughs> all right. Good. Um, any any final thoughts, guys? Anything you want to talk about one more time? I, I really want to watch Relentless Justice. I'm kind of curious to see what movie was this was shot on the back of. Yeah, that's that. I think that's why I'm I'm a little the why I think this is a fuck yeah, just because of the circumstances this movie was shot in. True, where it's like they just did this one for fun, pretty much. <laughs> like I kind of uh, want to watch any of their other movies. I do because I mean, they absolutely. were talking about how they were they've been doing movies this entire time apparently like oh yeah david yeah. and ted have worked on tons of movies together i would love to see something else they've done yeah no? and it was actually really cool to I want action gazelle uh, action, <laughs> action gazelle mike danton yeah ted okay. prior um also an interesting fact was to find out that uh, ted prior who plays mike danton was also the first ad mm. which is a hard job on set when you're the assistant director like that so he was That's not a lot of work it's a lot of work to fetching a lot of coffee, you know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not the assistant to the director. <laughs> Different. Um, so, I mean, he had to keep this whole whole picture in motion mm. while being in the movie. That's a hard job. Yep. And I know a lot of people did double duty. I saw a lot of double names in the credits. Everyone worked really hard. I'm sure it was a relatively small production. Yeah. Well, because if they're piggybacking on another movie, that means they probably just had a lot of the same set, a lot of the same crew, a lot of the same equipment. Yeah. Um, so they were just trying to do as much as they could when they could, which is cool. And I think what came out the other side was, was fantastic for what they were doing. Yeah. This is this is a real treat for fans. Yes. All right. Yeah, if that's really. it, that's it. We're done. That's all she read. That's it. You've been listening to Second Class Cinema. We watched 2013's Deadliest Prey, Mike Danton Action Gazelle Special. <laughs> Buy a copy. Buy a copy on Blu-ray like we did mm. because we do things the right way. <laughs> um, oh, it was pretty good quality all around. It was pretty cheap and totally worth it. So go and buy both. Deadly yeah. Prey and Deadly Definitely. Prey. Definitely get both. Treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen one or the other, make it a double feature for yourself. Yeah. Go all in. Yeah. It's worth it. This movie was pretty short, too. It was just over an hour. It was like 70 minutes. Yeah. It was like an hour 17 or something. Oh, was it like that much? That. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't think it was that much, but we you're probably right and I am probably wrong. Um, I think the last thing I saw was like an hour 14. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. All right. You know. Fair enough. <laughs> um, if you'd like more information, visit Facebook, facebook.com slash second class cinema. If you want to listen to our podcast, you can start wherever you're listening to us right now. You can also go to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, secondclasscinema.com, and followingfilms.com. And that's, all where, that's where we are. We're all in all those places. And we're on YouTube, too. Yeah. A couple things out there. Um, Let's thank our imaginary guest. Yeah. Thank you. And good night. Thanks, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. <laughs> Just joshing you. Yeah. <laughs>